Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Steam of the Classroom. And today we have Renee Wells, and I'm so excited. This has been a long time in the making, I feel like. Um, and I finally, I just said, Renee, you have to come on. You had the be best idea ever for this coming school year, and I have to share it with as many people as possible. And so um, she's on today. So welcome, Renee. Thanks, Tori. It, it is about time we made this magic happen. I've really been looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm so excited right now to just be able to pick your brain. So I first... Um, like we first were friends on Twitter for a little while and you share some awesome things, but I think like what really stood out the most to me um, were some of the pictures that you were doing for your projects. Um, I remember that you do uh, the like life preservers for the Barbie dolls and things like that or the... Oh yeah. 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 Uh -huh. and then, I try to put in as many real life applicable sort of theme projects as I can. Yeah, I love that. And then I also remember seeing like body parts of like the... <laughs> <laughs> the dolls and stuff like missing and <laughs> you would have the kids create their own it, oh god I remember just cracking up over the pictures that is so funny that's uh, that's one of the favorites when I put that out there that's when we start with our prosthetic leg challenge and it sort of spirals from there it's so funny. It's just, it's just so like, I mean, I'm saying like the pictures that come out, like you can just see how creative the kids are and just how much fun, like the lesson seems and how engaging it is. And it just, it cracks me up every time that those pictures come around. Cause I can just hear the kids in the, just hear them and what it would sound like in your classroom just being like giddy and excited and just loving what they're doing and that's always what like makes me have such a big smile on my face oh definitely it's it's a favorite part of my every day and and I love the reaction when people who aren't familiar with it for example, you know, if an administrator is visiting a campus or something and they pop into the lab and the energy is hopping and their eyes just get huge and their first impression is that it's mass chaos, but we, we both know that it's not, Tori. We, we both know that it's just massive awesomeness going on. Oh, yeah. I love it. And like, honestly, like sometimes I fuel the chaos a little bit. I crank up the music, like we're singing and we're building, like, it's just, it's fun. It's the way it should be. I don't know. Absolutely. But I would love it if you could just share your story of why you wanted to be a teacher, how you came to be a teacher, how'd you become a STEAM teacher? <laughs> it's a pretty, it's a pretty colorful thing, Tori. I'm, I, I think of myself as quite an eclectic person. I mean, um, I used to dance on American Bandstand with Dick Clark in the really? 80s. Really? I used to do um, Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve, and I met some of the oldies and goodies like Holland Oates and Adam Ant and Duran Duran, and wow. um. Yeah, in college, my major uh, was psychology, and so I thought to myself, well, I need to find a little niche for myself where I can do the most good. So initially, I was accepted into the Los Angeles Police Department, and um, when it came time to go to the academy, I got cold feet. 
I thought that, you know, maybe I could progress forward and end up working with runaways and troubled teens and stuff. But the time I had to do before getting to that point just didn't interest me. So I uh, shifted gears and I got a counseling certificate and um, that really connected me with kids in need. And I loved the experience. It was powerful, both going into the schools and doing huge Red, red Ribbon Week activities and, and starting um, groups and stuff like that was awesome. But after two years of that, I thought to myself, you know, sometimes I see these kids for an hour a week and sometimes I see them for an hour a month. Oh, wow. So... I sort of reevaluated my life plan and I asked myself again, what could I be doing where I could have a greater impression working with our youth? Ta-da! I'm going to become a teacher. Okay. <laughs> so I have so many postgraduate units that uh, after four months of classes and four months of full-time student teaching, I got my teaching credential and I never looked back. Wow. So I have been teaching for 27 years, and um, I'm, I'm more of a fan of the bigger kids. I've done third grade up to high school, but my, my longest run was in the fifth grade. And so reaching my um, 18th year in my current district, I've been there for 25 the uh, funding changed to the local control federal funding and all kinds of new initiatives came out and believe it or not my tiny little district decided that they were going to use that money to start a stem program now tori this was seven years ago so i'm really feeling like i got in on the first floor you know what i mean wow you guys were ahead of the curve a little bit Seriously, so they ran this job description, and I thought to myself, wow, I mean, I've always been a choice boards, project-based learning kind of teacher, way before they were even called choice boards and project-based learning, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I thought to myself, ooh, I could do this. So um, having so much seniority, I got the job because of that. And, um, and so when the following school year started, my first step in, my school that I was going to be doing STEM at was under construction, and they gave me an office. And inside the office was the, the stapler, the tape dispenser, a yellow notepad, and Tori, nothing else. No. No direction. No materials list no suggestions no nothing Tori I had okay. to I had to pull this vision out of out of an out of a rabbit hole and so fortunately a cohort of mine who also got the same position at one of our elementary schools um her and I were just destined to make this work. We sat down and collaborated and we thought to ourselves, okay, where do we start? So we did a school drive and we dropped a brown grocery bag into all of the classrooms with a list of materials, toilet paper rolls, um, skeins of yarn, 
scraps of wood, bottle caps, anything that coffee filters, anything that we could think of to um, kind of get our program rolling. Mm-hmm. And and that really got us going. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, Pinterest did too. So I'm grateful for that. But I will tell you in the same breath that I do not use Pinterest, Tori, because as soon as I get on it, I am lost behind all the squirrels and shiny quarters and I never get anything accomplished. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, look at that. Whoa, look at that. Next thing you know, I'm checking out this steam project for uh, building prosthetic legs when really I was looking for something on erosion, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so, um, and that was the get-go. So the story actually gets better, Tori, because the district had absolutely no vision for this program, even though they were so innovative in in, uh, deciding to start it back then, that when the school was finally done, uh, when it was finished with construction, and I got the keys to my classroom, it wasn't a lab. It was a computer lab. Oh, dear. Tables covered with desktop computers with towers and keyboards and mouse pads and mice. And I thought to myself, okay, um, where are the kids going to do the cool stuff? Yeah, where's the space for them to move around and use their hands? (laughs) All right, so I'm a firm believer in the alphabet plan, uh, alphabet plan, Tori, and that's the, and I'm looking at the poster right now here in my home lab. If plan A fails, remember there are 25 more letters. (laughs) So here I am my first year as a, oh, by the way, I was classified as a STEM teacher. My first year as a STEM teacher stuck in a computer lab, and now I'm feeling like I'm already on plan J. Mm-hmm. So the next thing I do is I get a cart with wheels, a trolley, and I'm loading that sucker up with all these materials that I've scrounged, and I'm pushing it around campus room to room in 100-degree weather, in rainy weather, it in 32 degrees and it was mm, what should I call it life changing (laughs) (laughs) is that a nice way of saying it (laughs) (laughs) you know what everybody's going to interpret that differently and I'm just going to leave it wide open (laughs) so The following year, because our school had so much growth, the district decided that they were going to put in, wait for it, a second computer lab. Oh, dear. Instead of like a steam lab? Yes. Now, wait a minute. I can't even, I can't even explain their thinking, Tori, and I'll tell you why. Because that first year of being a STEM teacher, I was so blessed. I was nominated by my peers to be teacher of the year at my school site. And my district, Tori, is over 100 years old. My district goes back to the early 1900s. And for the first time ever, 
the year that I was teacher of the year at my school site, the district decided that they were going to send me in as a nominee for county teacher of the year. Wow. First time they've ever done it. First time they've ever done it. And by all the alignment of the stars and the blessings of everybody that surrounds me, I got turn county teacher of that year of the year the first year being a stem teacher congrats thanks so much thank you so much and i am grateful to be able to share that and take it back into the context of my story <laughs> because after that the school district decided that they were going to put in a second lab at my school and tori it was another computer lab <laughs> so Knock on wood, I had the most amazing administrator at the time. He was, it was his first time being an administrator, and he was so gracious in just allowing me to blossom my vision, however it came together. And so going into my third year as a STEM teacher, I went to him and I said, hey, I have two things I want to run, run by you. Number one, I would like to be a STEAM teacher not a STEM teacher. I cannot negate the importance of the arts. Mm -hmm. And number two, when you're not looking, I would like to take apart one of the computer labs <laughs> and build a STEAM lab. <laughs> he was like, oh dear, what did I sign up for? Exactly, because, you know, anybody would know how much money a district would spend building a second computer lab. Mm. So... He looked at me and he said, I need to think about it. And I said, fair enough, but don't take long. <laughs> and um, he came back to me three days later and he said, he said his motto was, um, do it and ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> so he said that he was going to abide by his motto and that we were going to go ahead and take apart that second computer lab and um, ask for forgiveness later and um, and that's exactly what we did and everything that I do today Tori is born of that third year when I took apart the computer lab and built a steam lab out of it that's pretty incredible it was such an incredible ride, Tori, and it just totally paved the way for where I am now. If you could see the walls of that steam lab, it is packed with supplies, and I have two storage closets on campus also packed with supplies because I am all in for my students. It's a large population, 790 students, TK through six, and it's a, it's a Title I school, 100% free and reduced lunch, and my budget in a typical year is about 50 cents per student for the entire nine months. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can't get far. Um, in STEAM for the quality that I desire for my students um, on that kind of a budget. So, you know, it's been a lot of fine tuning, but I'm excited to say that in spite of the uh, pandemic and all the changes that we've had to make, uh, my district is 100% distance learning right now. 
and I was able to pull together supplies and assemble 790 take home steam kits. All right. For so about 50 cents per kid. This is where I want to talk about, like, this is, this is what I've been waiting for. This is, I'm so excited to pick your brain because Yay. I'm also like, so grateful for you. Um, I've spent majority of the summer, not really checking in too much on Twitter. I've just felt like there's just been a lot of lot going on. I kind of talked about sure. it in my check-in podcast that I did. It's just, it's been a really difficult summer for me. And one of the things that I just needed was a break. And a couple weekends ago, I randomly just decided at six in the morning when I was lying in bed <laughs> awake to turn on Twitter. And it had to have been fate because you, I didn't even scroll. It was just your tweet was at the top of my um, screen and it was showing your kits and it was like a light bulb finally went off in my head I been <laughs> waiting for weeks. I've been stressed. I don't, I didn't know how I was supposed to run a classroom if no one's supposed to be able to work together or share supplies and when I saw your pictures of your steam kits it was like the aha moment that I've been desperately needing. and I immediately like grabbed my notebook and started jotting down ideas my husband was like okay okay like when like he finally woke up I was like I have all these things that I need to do and he was like oh <laughs> And I literally just brain blasted all of the ideas that I had for um, my own steam kits. Um, and I, right then and there, I sat down and I wrote the curriculum or the outline for the curriculum for the entire year for my four grades. And, um, <laughs> and it was just like exactly what I needed. I approached my principal. I said, hey, this is an idea. My friend's doing it. She's doing it for like, what did you say? It was like 60 cents or something like that per kid yeah. or something. And I was like, yeah. I can replicate this. And he was like, all right, let's do it. And it was like the green light I needed. And I've just, I'm super grateful for you sharing that information. And I want to deep dive into these kits. Oh, well, I can't take all the credit, Tori. Um, I've had a, I've had a busy summer. I, I really haven't had any time off. I was doing summer school and a summer, a, na a nationwide summer camp. So and, um, you know, same thing, same, same good fortune. I happened to get on Twitter one day and I saw that one of our steam cohorts, uh, Heather Russell, who's in Virginia, was putting together kits for her students. And I thought to myself, dude, that is so doable. I mean, I've been working on my Steam at Home document for a couple months, and I think I shared that out with some of the materials I've been using for summer school and summer camp that the families actually most of mostly have had at home, but also some of the problem solving that I've done for when they don't have those materials at home. And so I took this document that I've been working on for a couple of months and I, I in introduced it to Heather Russell's idea and ta-da, it was born. 
And I collaborated with my other two cohorts in my district. My district is small. We have three elementary schools and three STEAM teachers. And we pulled it together in three days, Tori. We got the materials ordered, we got the, the curriculum dialed in, and we got the plan down. And in total, we ended up making 1,900 STEAM take-home kits for our elementary students. That's awesome. It was amazing. One of the things I love best about them is you really are giving the students an opportunity to stay engaged, to keep using their hands, that even though we're remote or hybrid or whatever it is, they'll have the supplies that they need. It doesn't have to fall on families to go and get the supplies. And I know parents are so stressed out right now. And also so many people don't have or have lost their jobs and are in financial strain and just knowing that we can provide the students these kits that will bring them happiness, help them stay involved in STEAM and just allow them to continue just being kids. I, that's just my most favorite part about these kits. It makes me feel, I know like every day we make a difference, but knowing that they're going to be able to keep on steaming at home it just it makes it's making me feel like I'm really making a difference and that's kind of what I've been almost like searching for in all of this absolutely Tori 1000% agree with you um you know I have to share that it's in my nature to actually teach this way I've never been a big packet worksheets kind of teacher Um, You know, when I interviewed for my first teaching job, the superintendent said, well, how do you imagine your classroom to be? And I said, well, um, a little bit of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory maybe mixed with Dead Poets Society. (laughs) And that's exactly the response I got. They were like, they were almost incredulous at my response, you know, and true to form. I mean, I've scared off student teachers before. <laughs> they walk into my classroom and they're like, what is happening? Why are the students sitting under their desks and on the floors and building these towers with toothpicks? Where's the work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I've always had this open mindset and, um, and I wasn't going to let the circumstances of the quarantining or the, the pandemic limit um, the opportunities that I wanted to bring to my students. I, I mean, their social emotional selves are already struggling with the lack of, you know, being with their peers and being stuck at home. And I just, I had to find, I felt almost like um, the gals who did the math to launch the rockets. Help me out. Oh, it was that movie. Oh, um, oh, now I like, I can see the picture too of the right? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Somebody's going to be like yelling at the screen. Going, oh, I know. It's almost it's always, always like, like but that's, yeah, that's what I, hidden figures. Boom. There we go. <laughs> Drop the mic. Boom. <sighs> you know, I felt like that. Um, So, you know, I did the summer school thing and I was doing the summer camp thing and and I felt so blessed. I was doing a lot of problem solving. Um, One of my experiments is 
on sound waves. And so we take a metal spoon and we tie it to a string and we, we wrap the string around our fingers, stick them in our ears and the vibrations go straight into the eardrum. It's super powerful and simple, but I had students who didn't have string or yarn. Mm -hmm. um, okay, do you have shoes with a shoelace? You know, go take the shoelace out of your shoe and you can still do the experiment. Um, we did we did marble mazes and one kiddo didn't have a paper plate. So mom gave permission for her to use one of the dinner plates. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, I, yeah. I mean, it worked. They, some, sometimes they didn't have glue. Okay, well, do you happen to have any white flour in the kitchen? Because if you can mix that with a little bit of water, it makes a paste. Mm -hmm. I mean, steam at home is totally doable, Tori. And that was the challenge that I wanted to rise up to. I wanted to be able to continue to bring this to my students. I wanted to share it out so other teachers could bring it to their students. And, and I just wanted students in general. I mean, we're still talking about these kids growing up and, and requiring 21st century skills, right? Exactly. So we can't just dismiss the STEAM portion of academia um, because of the circumstances. Mm -hmm. So, you know, rise up to the occasion. They're getting quality activities. They're doing adaptations and, and they're building barometers and they're, they're going to learn about the Bernoulli principle and, you know, the four forces of flight. I mean, it's, they're not getting shortchanged any learning opportunities. And I would say that um, the creativity is definitely there. That's awesome. I love it. It's just, it's so perfect. And I think it's just, it's truly accessible for a lot of people and even just what you were saying with you might not have if you don't have a budget well maybe there are students at home that have a recycling bin and right. you can use the recyclables you know what you just said you can make glue like there's so many ways that you can work around it that even if you aren't able to send out steam kits there is a way that you can keep on the hands-on approach, like the projects, like all that you can keep having that happen. One of the things that I've been afraid of this year and another reason why I pushed so hard for, um, you know, not really actually having to push hard because my principal is like, yeah, let's do it. Like, uh -huh. <laughs> like two seconds, but like I had it in my head that I was going to go and make an argument for it. And if I needed to like Leslie, nope, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just think when it comes down to it, what's going to fall through the cracks for so many school systems is science. Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of schools don't even have hands-on science. Yeah. And I mean, that could be a whole entire other episode or series if we wanted to. <laughs> but sure. with all the virtual learning, when it comes down to it, what teachers need the most for students to learn are especially in my state like they're not they're still going to be doing our standardized testing so when it comes down to it Whoa. if the teachers have time 
for ELA and math, which is going to be on the test, they're going to be doing that. And if they run out of time, then science will probably, and social studies will probably be, you know, the, the ones that fall through the cracks. And I didn't want that to happen. I wanted right. it to still be exciting because so many students say that science is their favorite subject out of their core subjects because sure. it's so hands-on, it's so exciting. And I didn't want that to, to be, uh, you know, something that's lost in the pandemic. And I just, I love that you shared this and it just, it's, I feel like it's opened up my whole perspective. Oh, yay. And it's made me also like talk more to my friends that are teachers and some of my colleagues and say like, what else can we do? Um, like I'm, I'm talking to one of the other specialist teachers and saying like, Hey, like I bought, I actually bought boxes um, that are going to go home with the kids that will hold the supplies. And then at the end of the year, um, the boxes are going to be used for a project. So like, I'm literally Ooh. using everything that's going to be in the box and more. And I said, well, you know, if you needed to send some of your supplies home in order to keep the kids um, doing your special, then why don't you toss your stuff in my box too? Like, let's collaborate. Love it. You know, it's, everyone has to help everyone but we also have absolutely to, we also have to give a little too you know like we well, have, we have to be yeah, flexible I agree with you 100% Tori and I would like to put out there too that um I you know I've been the classroom teacher so I know what it's like to get one more thing shoved on your plate mm -hmm. and I've always try, tried to be sensitive of my peers um, with regard to that so um, in coming up with my plan, one of the things that I did actually was collaborate with each of the grade levels to find out what their um, what their uh, topics were going to be in math, in language arts, um, in science, if they were even going to get to science. And, you know, part of being in this role is becoming a master at making those meaningful connections. Mm -hmm. So... For example, um, my fourth grade said that in language arts, one of the things they were going to be working on was cause and effect. Okay, what a perfect way to bring in Rube Goldberg machine. Ah, uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, the, the first grade classes were going to be working on counting and patterns. Okay, let's do some symmetry constellations made out of noodles or rice. And so we can introduce patterns, we can introduce counting, we can introduce the concept of symmetry, and the materials are so basic. Um, I mean, even uh, yesterday I was collaborating with a teacher and she said, well, what do I do if my kids have the noodles and they don't have glue? Well, you know what? If your student licks the noodle, the saliva mixed with the starch is going to make it sticky and it'll still stick to their paper. There you go. <laughs> you know? And so I think that um, when we're trying to keep science and STEAM um, at the forefront, along with that language arts and math, a smart direction to go is to take the extra minutes to make it meaningful in what's already being touched upon and taught and done mm -hmm. rather than having it just be something, you know, random, 
and independent. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I love doing in my classroom too. It always makes me smile when, um, and I start a project that has something to do with, uh, like history or something, or like the American uh, Revolution. I'll bring into my classroom, and the kids will be like, "Wait a minute." Uh-huh. We're learning about history and steam. And I'm like, yeah, because uh, everything hello. is connected. Yes. A trebuchet. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, absolutely. Um, so what are, uh, just pick a few things that you tossed in your steam kits. Like what, what, if you were, if you were going to have someone make their own steam kits for their own district, what are some must haves? How about that? All right. So I'm going to look at my list here and it cracks me up. It cra- you know what? <laughs> I cannot look at this list without laughing because when I put together the number of students times the number of each item or feet and then I multiplied it out, for example, and you know, I don't want anybody to be frightened by it because it can seem a little overwhelming, but I had to order 1,463 balloons, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it, went for, it went for third grade and fourth grade and fifth grade. And so when I look at those numbers, I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, that reached like 800 students because, you know, I also ordered for the other elementary schools and stuff. But I would say that some of the must-haves would be index cards. Okay, let's talk about index cards. Okay. So for index cards, you can do the, oh my goodness, I can't believe I just drew a blank. You can do the experiment with index cards where you have a glass of water and it's half full and you put the index cards on top and then you flip the glass upside down and the suction holds the index cards to the glass and you can let go. And the kids are always blown away by that. I cannot believe I'm drawing another blank. It's like, it's like hidden figures. It's going to pop out of my mouth in about 30 seconds. <laughs> but, you know, index cards are also great because they're great for the tower building. Mm-hmm. Um, my fifth grade is doing an earth and human impact um, unit in their science unit. They're also going to talk about it in language arts. And so one of the things they're going to do is using index cards, they're going to build a, a water tower. And they're going to have to use their number of index cards to build a tower that will hold a full bottle of water on top. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, is it, is a, is it a little bit uh, cheesy to bring it in like that? Maybe, but um, it works. And That's a great idea. It's totally doable. Um, another thing for the um, index cards is that a lot of the teachers have heard of the activities like um, help Harry, the little pom-pom dude, and you got to build him a perch. Um, the index cards can also be used for teaching the four forces of flight. We made simple uh, airplanes, paper airplanes in one of my classes, stuck a paper clip to the front of it, and the kids were blowing up the chat room <laughs> telling me they couldn't believe they were so excited with a paper airplane. That's so fun. Yeah. Index cards are a given. By the way, I had to order (laughs) 7,685 of those. 
whoever, like, you know whoever uh, makes index cards must have been like, yes, for that order. Right. And then and then count them out. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the. You that's know what? Part. I'm I'm not even scared, Tori. I'm not even scared. I'm going to do it again because it's just so powerful. Mm-hmm. And and I would say straws. Straws are so awesome. Straws are great for learning about the Bernoulli principle, especially if you're going to study something about flight. Straws are great for straw towers. Straws are great for musical instruments. Mm-hmm. If, if you go on the um, San Francisco Exploratorium website, they have a section there called um, Snacks. And there are these little um, uh, steam activities. And one of them is taking a straw and turning it into a kazoo. No other materials needed, no popsicle sticks, no rubber bands, nothing, just a plastic straw that you chew on the end of it and you snip with some scissors. Oh, cool. Um, so, so easy, totally doable, um, rubber bands and popsicle sticks. I mean, keep it simple. If you got straws and rubber bands and popsicle sticks and index cards, I would say right there that, you know, the world is your oyster mm-hmm. because a lot of that other stuff, you know, like if you don't include string, maybe they can use a shoelace. If you don't include paper plates, maybe they have a paper, pl- a, a regular plate that they can use just for the activity. If you don't put in cups, maybe they have a plastic cup. You know, for building bridges, we did building bridges yesterday and all the kids had their little sippy cups and plastic cups and it worked totally great. That's awesome. I love it. Totally easy, totally doable. Doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah. And it's just, it's easy to buy in bulk. And if you're focused on sticking to a budget even just saying, all right, well, what can I order for this amount of money? And then working with materials first. Like a lot of times I think people will think of, all right, this is the project that I want to do. And this is what I need for that project. But what if you flip that and it's, here's all the supplies I have. What can I do with these supplies? Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what we did. And I'll tell you how that worked out, Tori, because we were on a deadline to get those kits put together in time for our distribution in our schools. And a whole bunch of our materials had not arrived yet. Mm. So we planned that thoughtfully. We knew ahead of time that if that was the case, that we could still pull from what we already had in our labs. Things like the construction paper, the cotton twine, paper clips. So in the end, it all worked out really great. And I'll, and I'll tell you, too, that um, we even went ahead. You know, my coworkers have made fun of me for years, Tori, for being, <laughs> I hate to say it, a hoarder. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, the yeah. Teacher, it's the teacher way of life. You know what? I am not ashamed to put on my latex glove and be picking like the empty toilet paper rolls out of staff bathrooms. I'm not ashamed. Okay. And I'll tell you why, because I was doing an activity in camp two weeks ago where one of my students actually said they did not have an empty toilet paper roll. 
And so I thought to myself, okay, this is unusual. So I opened up the chat and I said, well, do you have one that's like almost empty? And like, you can ask your parent. Uh, no, the household only used the flushable wipes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we cannot assume anything about our students. I'm telling you, this has been a fascinating um, learning experience. So um, fortunately, though, they did have paper. So we were able to just roll up a paper and make a tube shape and everybody lived happily ever after. But um, yes, I do believe in reverse thinking. A couple of years ago, we did a bottle cap drive for some projects in the steam lab and I ended up getting, it's almost embarrassing to say, about 120 pounds worth of bottle caps from, from all the families at my school. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, I can't go through them fast enough. We've made, we've made decorations for the school garden out of them. We've, we've used them as wheels for cars. And I think I still have like 90 pounds left after two years. <laughs> so, you know, I think to myself, oh, I got to come up with something great for those bottle caps because I can just drop 50 in each of those take-home steam kits and it won't even do a dent. <laughs> That's too funny. So yeah, absolutely pull from, from what you already have. I love reverse thinking. Mm -hmm. And yeah, even, even just like putting it out there. Um, a couple, when the steam lab opened up for me, I put out an email one day and was like, Hey, if anyone has any extra fabric lying around, I'd love to be able to take donations. And the amount of fabric that came in was <laughs> like more than I think was that is in the store Joanne fabrics and oh. like it's still I still have humongous bins filled with it and I'm like all right this is gonna last me like a decade and um and it's just nice knowing like all right I have what I need and I and I didn't have to um spend any money for the um out of, out of my budget on it because people just I mean when you buy fabric you buy what extra usually yeah and yeah. people just had it lying around some people were like oh thank god I didn't know what to do with all this fabric and now I'm so glad that I can get it out of my attic and send it to you and I was like anytime anytime <laughs> and, and even like um every year I'll be like okay I I'm getting low on cardboard time to start sending in cardboard and I'll send out an email I'll, I'll have the um like homeroom teachers kind of put it out on their agendas to see if any of the kids will bring it in um and it, it never fails there's always someone that's like oh yeah we just moved and we have like 500 boxes would you like them and i'm like yes absolutely yes. bring them in you know people people want to give stuff especially when it's just something that they have already lying around the house um, absolutely you know okay. when people when people can't give money they want to they want to <laughs> give what they have if, if they have that ability and you know all you have to do is ask or put it out there aren't we so lucky I mean absolutely aren't, aren't we so lucky so I have to tell you one of my best stories ever you're not going to believe it are you ready for this I'm ready okay so um Last year, summer school, I, I um, was working with the classes and the teachers would come in with them and help and we'd interact and, you know, stuff. And one of the teachers said to me, she said, 
hey, I know you've got some adult children. I have, a, I have a couch I need to get rid of. It's clean. I just don't have any room for it anymore. And my kids already had furniture in their homes. So I flat out asked her, uh, are you willing to, you know, just, is it, it's free. You're just going to give it. And she said, yeah. And I said, well, um, can I come by and pick it up in my truck? And she's like, you know, sure. And I said, but there's, um, there's a little stipulation. Okay, now anybody who knows me is not taken aback by my butt, all right? Okay. So I, I said to her, but I'm going to dissect it. Oh. And she, she was like, what? I said, I'm going to dissect it. That, that sofa, Tori, was a gold mine. First of all, the fabric was gorgeous. So I dissected all the fabric. Second of all, the stuffing and the foam. Do you know how expensive foam and stuffing is oh, in the yeah. store? It's like so ridiculous. <laughs> the amount of stuffing and foam I gleaned from that sofa, but wait, no, no, it gets better. It had a wood frame, so I hacked all of the wood from it, <laughs> and the springs my sixth grade student used, students used to make life-sized human sculptures. Wow. Seriously. I am like the steam butcher extraordinaire. Did you take the couch or did you just go over with your truck, strip the couch down and then be like, all right, thanks. (laughs) I took the couch. I didn't want want her to see the slaughter. (laughs) You just imagine her just standing there blinking at like what used to be her clean couch. (laughs) It was genuinely a slaughter, Tori, so I took it so she wouldn't see, <laughs> but it was glorious. It was so That's funny. so smart. <laughs> I'm telling you, our, our teacher friends, our STEAM friends, they'll never look at anything the same way again. I, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that I've changed some minds here today. <laughs> I honestly, I feel like if you didn't change minds with that story, then we should just put a whole other podcast. <laughs> Everybody's gonna walk away from that story now, and they're just gonna see their sofas in a different light for no one. <laughs> no one's ever going to look at their couch the same way. <laughs> nope. <laughs> should I put a disclaimer on this episode? <laughs> You know what? It, it, it definitely cannot say no couches were harmed in <laughs> Warning, you might not look at your couch the same way ever again. There you go. I love it. Do it, sis. It's, it's hysterical. Let's do it. I might even have to make myself a t-shirt and wear that. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, All right. Well, before we wrap it up, I would like to know, because, you know, times, times are weird and strange and scary and stressful, but I would like to know what is one thing that you are genuinely excited for about this coming school year? Oh, wow. Only one thing. Oh, girl, you got me. I'll tell you what I'm excited about. So um, I have to respect that um, the teachers have to spend a specific amount of time in person with the students. And I also have to respect that the students are going to have to manage their independent working time. 
So when I was building uh, my modules in the online platform that we're using, I went ahead and I built a second module called Tinker Time. Ooh. I'm excited about that, Tori, because the STEAM activities in the module are meant to be done live with me through Zoom. I say live, okay? And the Tinker Time activities have videos instead of me. Sometimes they're YouTube videos, sometimes they're me videos, but they're activities that the students will be able to do on their own um, when their work is done or on a day where they don't have steam with me. Um, they're easy and I even made sure to include some of the more necessary materials for those independent activities in their kits. So I'm just excited this year that the students will have two options with me and without me, Tori, the STEAM program must still go on. Yeah, I love that. And I think for so many students, having that choice is going to really be the difference between like a good day and a bad day. You know, like if they're having a day where they just need to be on their own and tinkering and taking their mind off things and allowing themselves to be creative and having that like social emotional time for themselves. Cause that's what right. I, I really think tinkering is helpful for. Um, I, that's awesome that you're giving them that chance to do that. Thank you. Thank you. I wanted to make sure and take care of our students because after all, that's pretty, pretty sure that's all of our whys. Why did we become teachers? Exactly. Oh, Renee, this has been incredible. It's more than I ever thought it could be. I'm so glad that we finally got to talk and Same. I'm grateful for you. I, I appreciate everything that you put out on Twitter and just being such an awesome advocate for STEAM. I honestly, I've looked up to you for so many years and oh, have just sweet. loved, it's true. I've just loved everything that you've put out. And, um, and I, I mean, I'm, I definitely would be lying if I said that I hadn't seen some plenty of things that you've put on Twitter and been like, huh, all right, I think I can tweak that for my classroom too. And I love it. I mean, just the steam kits alone. It's just such, it's just so perfect. And I'm so glad that you share all of your knowledge and everything that you're doing. Um, and if someone else would like to follow you, where could they find you? Absolutely. Um, they can find me on Twitter. <laughs> and um, it's super, super easy. My handle is Renee Wells Steam. Hopefully you can't miss it. My profile picture is me with some glasses and a mustache. And no, it's not a real mustache. I shave regularly. Thank you very much. <laughs> So yes, my handle, Renee Wells Steam. You are absolutely someone everyone should follow. Even if you're not a STEAM teacher, just follow her for some incredible ideas. Um, thank you, very thank you, Tori. Um, and if anyone would like to follow me on Twitter, it's at steam up the CLSRM. And if you want to see my classroom in action, um, you can see it on Instagram and that's steam up the classroom. And then my website is steamuptheclassroom.com. I feel like awesome. <laughs> every time I say all those th three things, I always feel like I'm just so repetitive. But anyway, <laughs> it's easy that way. It's easy. Yeah, it's just, you know, keeping it all in the, in the same, uh, 
category or whatever, but yeah. So, um, this has been so amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. And I look forward to seeing how incredible your steam kits come out with the students and, and how they're doing too. Oh, thank you so much, Tori. Thank you for the invite. I've had a smile on the face the whole entire time. I'm just talking about what I love doing. And one of the other things I love doing besides steam is collaborating. Yeah. Um, I just, I just love to collaborate with my peers and, and how lucky I am to know people such as yourself and, and a lot of the other people um, that I've engaged with on Twitter and that have helped me come to this moment. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Bye.